Welcome to another episode of Search News You Can Use with me, Dr. Marie Haynes. We're recording this episode on Friday, September 7th, 2018, and we have a bunch of stuff to talk about, so I'm going to try to get through everything as quickly as we can here, but there's been a lot of really interesting things happen in search over the last week, and in particular, uh, there's some really good tips that we got from Uh, John Mueller tweets and uh, other things that Google has said. We're going to talk in more detail on the local aspect of the August 1st update, which is something that I didn't have a whole lot of data on. Uh, And now Joy Hawkins, who is really well known as a local SEO expert, has weighed in with her thoughts on this. So I'll share some of that. Um, Very interesting talk that we'll have on... um, Uh, disavowing, uh, more stuff on that. Um, Some interesting things about Wix, which uh, I think will make you laugh. And um, a number of other things too that I I, I think are really, really going to be interesting. So hopefully you enjoy this episode. In terms of algorithm updates, there really wasn't anything super obvious that um, uh, I saw in terms of algorithmic changes over the last week. Uh, I do think um, there was something on Search Engine Roundtable that possibly over the last couple of days there was some type of a quality update. Uh, I have not seen any evidence of that in the data that I have access to. I had one uh, past client that um, uh, emailed asking if there was an update because I saw a massive drop in uh, rankings overnight. And uh, when we looked into it more further, there actually was a manual action on the site. Um, Looks like they need to do some work to clean up some unnatural links. Not links that we built, but uh, links that we had pointed out as a potential problem. Um, And so uh, I actually do think that Google is... Uh, really stepping it up in terms of sending out manual actions. Uh, I've received several requests for help with a pure spam manual action. Um, If you get a pure spam manual action, these are really bad. This usually means that Google just does not want to have your site in the search results. I have been able to successfully remove pure spam penalties, but I'll tell you that uh, probably 95% of the time when people email me and say they've got this penalty, I'll respond saying, you know, I don't think that it can be removed. Um, A lot of these sites are sites that they only exist from scraping other people's content. Um, And I mentioned in the newsletter as well that uh, sometimes Google can give a pure spam penalty if you are um, promoting things that go against Google's guidelines. Uh, We wrote last week about Dejan SEO and how he did this experiment that was a little bit uh, questionable in terms of ethics, and he recognized that as well, uh, where they would have... Um, if people click the back button to go back to the search results, he provided them with this fake set of search results. And then he could watch as people clicked on competitor sites and see uh, he set up mirrored versions of the competitor sites to see how people interacted with them. Um, And so after he uh, tweeted about this experiment and what he did, he actually got a pure spam penalty on the site. Um, And I believe the site was completely de-indexed. So I've seen that before where uh, if you're really promoting things that go against Google's guidelines, then you can get a pure spam penalty from Google. And that's essentially Google's way of saying, look, we we just don't want to have this site in our search results. And that's their prerogative. You know, it's uh, they're they're their own company and they can decide who they want to include and who they don't. 
Um, let's talk a little bit about the local aspect of the August 1st update. Now, I call it August 1st because that's the date that we've all been talking about. There were massive changes in organic rankings for a lot of sites on that date. However, the local aspect of this update really seems to have started on July 31st. Um, and we actually, so Joy and I have been doing a lot of discussion on this update. Uh, and it turns out that we actually had an event in Ottawa, um, you know, the week following the update. And so Joy and her team came and visited with my team. Uh, and we spent a lot of time talking about what we thought was going on. Um, and now Joy's had the chance to review a number of sites, and, and so have I. Um, and so here are her findings. Uh, there's a great article on uh, Search Engine Land that Joy wrote. Um, and her findings were, uh, number one, that this update was probably not connected to links. I know there have been a lot of people talking about link quality. I think that there's an EAT component, which can have to do with links in authoritative places. Uh, but I really don't think that this was a link-related update. Um, the local update really was unlikely to be related to link quality either. Um, she noticed that a lot of sites lost their ability to rank for certain city keywords. So, for example, if you were outside of a major city and you used to be able to rank for that city in the local pack, in a lot of cases, Google's removed that ability. And so I don't know if this is maybe a change to how, they, how much um, importance proximity has in the algorithm, uh, but this is something that's going to be really hard to, uh, to fight against. Joy feels that there's less of a connection now between organic rankings and local rankings. So let's unpack that. In the past, we used to say all the time that uh, one of the factors in determining where you sit in the local pack is how well you rank organically. So if you were ranked, you know, number one or two organically, there's a good chance that you're going to rank well in the local pack. And it seems like that is less important now. Uh, I've seen a number of clients that saw changes either way. Um, I have one that's actually one of my own sites that dropped in organic rankings, but saw a big increase in local rankings. And that's actually good for us. I mean, we never want to see a drop in organic rankings, but the local increase is actually really good because that's the um, main revenue driver for this site. Um, and so in other cases, uh, Joy had talked about cases where sites saw an increase in organic rankings and a decrease in local rankings. And so uh, there's a lot of um, turbulence going on. Uh, Joy also noticed that a lot of local search terms now present you with video carousels. And this can be good or bad. I mean, it can be good if you actually are in the carousel and people are engaging with your video. But often what happens is that carousel takes up space where people no longer uh, see your site above the fold. So if you have an organic ranking and Google's pushed in a video carousel, then that makes it that much less likely that people are going to click on your organic ranking. Um, and then Joy also confirmed what I have believed is that this update mostly was, uh, whether it was local or organic, was geared towards your money or your life sites. And these are sites where, um, you know, you're helping people make important decisions in their life. Uh, and most of the sites that we review, really, we would classify them as your money or your life anyhow. So those are the things that we know. Um, in terms of recovery, I don't think I've yet to see a site that has made any significant recovery, uh, either in local or in organic. Uh, the exception would be sites. There were some sites that saw a bit of a change. I think it was around August 22nd uh, that were claiming recoveries. And I do think that Google sort of tweaked something in the algorithm at that time. Uh, and so some sites that had been maybe demoted saw some promotion again. Um, but really, uh, in order to recover from 
a quality update like this, in my experience, it takes several months if recovery is even possible. And I think in a lot of these cases, sites that were hit had um, issues with trust. Either they're completely trying to funnel people to sales pages when people just wanted information, or they have something on their site that's deceptive. Uh, One site we examined uh, was um, offering all over the homepage that this was a free service. And then we could see in their reviews that people were saying, oh, I thought it was free and I ended up having to pay. Um, And I entered my credit card information and I didn't realize I was getting charged monthly. And there were all of these trust issues. So those types of things are really hard to fix because in a lot of cases, those trust issues are there because it's part of the the revenue model. Um, People are saying, you know, we found this way to like trick people into buying our product. Um, although you probably wouldn't call it tricking people, but that's really what's happening. And if you find that your marketing is something that relies on people being tricked or deceived in a little way, it's going to be hard to recover if you've been hit by the August 1st algorithm update. Um, just my my thoughts. Uh, but who knows? I mean, we have had, uh, you know, we've done a number of reviews now and we've made suggestions for improving the issues that could be related to trust. And I think that some sites will recover, but I think it's going to take months and months to see this type of of recovery. Uh, So we'll report um, hopefully back in the months to come on some sites that are, are seeing some improvements. Um, Moving along, Google Search Console beta is now no longer beta. It's the regular tool now, uh, and it has um, some new sections, one of which is the manual actions viewer that used to be only available to be seen on the old version. Manual actions are where Google, somebody from the web spam team has decided to uh, put a manual penalty on your site. And we've been seeing fewer and fewer of these over the years. Uh, When I first started doing penalty work, which was back in 2012, Uh, I would get emails several times a day from people who were needing help to get a penalty removed. Uh, I saw an uptick actually today. I had a number of requests for help with pure spam and then also um, unnatural links. So I think, you know, the web spam team are doing something. uh, And now that you can see the manual actions viewer in Search Console, um, you know, they're sending out these messages. I should note that one of the sites... Uh, that um, contacted me with, uh, they had an unnatural links penalty. They didn't know. They contacted me because they saw a drop in rankings. And when uh, I I actually had access to their search console and looked it up, and sure enough, there's a manual action there, uh, but they haven't received an email yet. So I don't know if there's a lag or if something's broken in the way that um, uh, Google is sending out emails. So if you have seen a drop in rankings, one of the first things you want to do is go to search console. And in the left-hand sidebar, you'll see a section. It's right underneath mobile usability. The next section says manual actions. And that'll tell you uh, whether you've been affected by a manual action or not. Um, Chrome 69 is now live, and that's a big deal because as people upgrade to Chrome 69, uh, then you're no longer going to see the green secure Uh, in the URL bar for sites that are HTTPS. That's just the standard now. And if you are not HTTPS, people are going to see something in the browser bar that says not secure. Uh, Still, there's no change as far as I understand in uh, the ranking boost that sites get for HTTPS. It's a very minimal boost, uh, but still really there's not much reason to stay on HTTP these days. Google really wants to see 
uh, everybody moving to HTTPS, they're really, really saying a lot about trust these days. Uh, and so, um, you know, we want to encourage everybody to consider um, a move to HTTPS if, uh, if that's something, you know, that's on your radar. Um, let's see here. Interesting thing from John Mueller uh, talking about PDFs, uh, WordPress, or not WordPress, uh, Microsoft Word doc files, uh, things like that, that in order to index them, uh, Google actually converts them to HTML. Interesting. I don't think there's much that we would do uh, to take advantage of that knowledge, but I thought that was an interesting thing to know. Let's talk a little bit about author EAT. Um, so I talk about EAT all the time. It's uh, uh, experience or expertise, authoritativeness, and trust. And we have found that all of the algorithm updates that have been dealing with quality in the last couple of years really had some component of Google trying to figure out if you are the site in your niche with the most EAT. So there was a comment that John Mueller made in a health hangout um, that Search Engine Journal wrote an article about, and I actually kind of disagree with it. Um, I've been getting a lot of emails of people asking me about this. And so here's the comment that John said. He said, I wouldn't look at the quality rater guidelines as something like, quote, our algorithms are looking at this explicitly and checking out the reputation of all authors and then using that to rank your website, end quote. Now, So Search Engine Journal said, well, this means that author EAT is not a part of the algorithms. And I actually would disagree here. Um, I would say, you know, because John said, well, the quality writers guidelines are not an exact blueprint for the algorithms, doesn't mean that that information is not used. Um, So if we look at the quality writers guidelines, and this is something I talk about all the time, is when Google first started making these available to the public, what they said in a blog post was, if you've ever wanted to know what Google considers quality in a website, it's in these guidelines. And there are loads. I have in the newsletter screenshots from the quality readers guidelines that um, say, you know, in the area about EAT, they talk about looking at the EAT of the creator of the main content, which really is the author. Um, And they said, for example, is there a tax form instruction video made by somebody with no clear expertise in tax preparation? This is in the quality raters guidelines. Um, Under page quality rating, they talk about finding out who's responsible for the main content, which is essentially the author. And they talk about uh, looking at reputation information for the author of the main content. Um, Again, they say that EAT is uh, made up of the expertise of the creator of the main content, the authoritativeness of the creator of the main content, and also the trustworthiness of the creator of the main content. We saw a site once that had dropped in rankings where um, the uh, creator of the main content appeared to be somebody who had very good EAT, but it turns out that um, this person actually had some very serious trust issues where they had been, um, it was actually a, a legal uh, person who had been disbarred. Uh, and so this was the trustworthiness of the author, we believe, was brought into consideration in terms of, of rankings uh, because the site was considered lower quality because of that. Um, and then there are, uh, you know, there's a, a number of other things in the quality raters guidelines. So. I would not take John's statement to say that uh, this means that we should pay no attention to author EAT. We thoroughly advise that if you, are, if you have authors that are writing on your money or your life topics, 
it's very important that they get recognized as an expert on that topic. And that probably means writing things get, get published in authoritative places. Um, and so we've been encouraging our clients to actually have their authors write for other publications, not just theirs. Uh, and we'll see. I mean, that, um, it's a hard thing to prove whether it's going to work, but um, you know, it's something that, uh, that we recommend. Uh, somebody asked John Mueller in a help hangout whether it was okay to get a followed link from sponsoring a team. Um, so let's say that you had a hockey team in your town and you paid them some money to buy some shirts. And uh, they put a, a link on their website saying thank you to these people who sponsored us and the links were followed. Technically those are paid links. And I see you know, a lot of, a lot of confusion about this. The thing is, when Google penalizes for paid links, it's not because you bought one or two links. It's because there is a pattern of um, buying links with the intent of manipulating Google. So I actually do recommend, if you're a, a local business, go out and sponsor a few things. I mean, but where it makes sense for your business. Um, you know, and so if it's something that would actually be good for your branding, uh, even if SEO didn't matter, then go ahead and do it. Uh, but it's a very slippery slope. I've seen people say, oh, you know, we can sponsor this little league team and we can sponsor the same type of little league team in every single state. And uh, all of a sudden, you know, we've got tons and tons of links coming from uh, their sites. That's the type of thing that's a link scheme. And I would stay away from that type of thing. Uh, stat tweeted something saying that uh, they're seeing more image carousels in the SERPs and uh, a lot of them are showing up at the bottom of the um, first results page on both desktop and mobile. So uh, that could result in lower click-through rates for some sites. I've added that to my algo checklist, uh, which you can find at mariehaines.com slash algo uh, as something that potentially could cause a decrease in traffic. I don't think it's going to be a major thing for most sites though. Um, let's see. Oh, there was some information on schema uh, and last updated date. Uh, so there was, uh, something that was added to Google's guidelines on schema for articles. So schema for the new people listening to this podcast is code that you can add to your website that basically marks up different parts of the website to help search engines understand it better. So for example, you could have schema to mark up your address um, so that search engines can understand that. There's schema for reviews. If you have products and you want to uh, publish whether they have you know, one to five stars, there's schema for that. And then you can see those appear in the search results as uh, a five-star review in the search results. Um, new schema that was added are date modified and date published. And this is something that Google is recommending that we add to articles on websites. Uh, and I do think it's a good idea. There is all sorts of stuff in the quality raters guidelines that talk about how important it is for um, your money or your life topics to be continually updated. So we recommend, we have a couple of clients that have medical sites and uh, they reference heavily scientific research that is um, in connection with the uh, topics that they're writing on. And what we recommend is once a quarter, we have somebody who has good EAT in these areas, uh, review the article, and then also review whether there's new research that they could add to the article. Um, and so we recommend once a quarter that they actually change the last updated date 
to the, be the current date and, um, and then update it, whether, you know, if there's new information, if there's information that's changed. Now, whenever I talk about this, I know some of you are automatically thinking, oh, I'll just write a script so that every time Google or a user lands on the page, it says it was recently updated. And Google is very likely much smarter than that. Um, it actually says in the quality raters guidelines that if you see a last updated date that appears to be you know, doing this type of manipulation that you could look on archive.org and see if the page actually has changed. So guaranteed, uh, Google's algorithms can figure out if your page actually changed or not. Um, So I wouldn't recommend trying to trick Google with this, but I do recommend actually adding a last updated date and making sure that your important content is regularly updated. Um, let's see what else. We, well, there's a lot of neat little tips like that in the newsletter, uh, which you can find at mariehaines.com slash newsletter. I'm not going to cover each of them as we're 20 minutes in already and still quite a, a, a bit to go through. Um, I did point out that uh, BuzzFeed has a new site, a new section to their site for reviews. And if you run a site that uh, is based on reviewing products, you really should take a look at what BuzzFeed is doing. Um, the example that I gave is one for non, the best nonstick pans. And uh, they've done a really good job. I really like how they lay out all of these products. Uh, they give tons of information on uh, the products as well. And I think it's something that's going to be really useful to users. So um, if you do run a review site or, you know, some type of affiliate site that um, could compete with this site, I'd encourage you to, to take a look at what BuzzFeed is doing. I think they're probably going to end up ranking pretty well for this content. Uh, this was an interesting thing. Somebody asked about um, links from .edu sites. So .edu sites are usually universities, colleges, uh, sites like that. I, th- I don't know if they're all in the states. Um, regardless, they're, people have traditionally in SEO really gone after .edu sites uh, trying to get links from them. And with good reason. I mean, if a uh, a university wants to link to my content, that's a pretty good recommendation for my content. The problem, though, is that what a lot of people are doing is, um, you know, finding ways to artificially get colleges and universities to link to your content. And that could be uh, scholarships. It could be, I mean, there's a number of different link schemes which we're going to get into. So this was interesting. This is what John tweeted. Because of the misconception that .edu links are more valuable, these sites get link spammed quite a bit. And because of that, we ignore a ton of the links on those sites. Ideally, they should just no-follow all of those links instead of us having to ignore them. And I, you know, this is something I've been doing more and more research on and I'm going to be presenting on at PubCon in Vegas, is how does Google know which sites, which links to count and which ones to ignore? And I think that they are ignoring maybe 90% or more of the links that are on the web. Um, so I think that a lot of people who are working hard at building links are, you know, uh, kind of wasting their time and their money. So it's something to, to pay attention to for sure. Um, and I will have much more information on that in the future. Um, let's see. Somebody asked John Mueller about, does it matter if you can't see the cache of your site? So you can see Google's cache for pretty much any page. If you go to, if you type in the URL and then, Put at the beginning cache, C-A-C-H-E colon, no space, in front of the URL. And you'll see what Google has as their cache for your site. 
But lately we're seeing a lot of pages that don't have a cache. It'll say the cache 404s, and that can be kind of frightening when you see that. Um, but John said that this is actually pretty common, and especially if your site has been moved to mobile-first indexing, you're not going to see a cached page there. Uh, so don't be worried if you're not seeing a, a cached page. Um, Another question to John about disavowing spammy negative SEO attack links. And I have said this repeatedly, so I'm not going to go over it again uh, in great detail. But John basically said that Google is really good at ignoring that type of link. So if you see that suddenly you've got thousands and thousands of spammy, you know, Viagra links pointing at your site, uh, it's really unlikely that that's going to cause ranking drops. Where I do worry is a site that already has a history of unnatural links. I do think that sometimes these negative SEO attacks could push you into the realm where all of a sudden you're on Google's radar and maybe you might actually get a manual action. Um, Or uh, I do believe also that there are link-related algorithms outside of Penguin that can cause Google to distrust your entire link profile. And so, you know, those are some cases where maybe I would pay attention to negative SEO attacks like that. But in the vast majority of cases, I just ignore it. Um, Somebody pointed out, I think it was Martin McDonald, that pointed out um, poor Wix. You know, Wix Wix gets a bad rap, and there's probably good reason for that. Uh, Wix, if those of you who don't know, is is a website builder. And the one thing that's cool about Wix is the sites look nice. Like they, they have some bells and whistles and it's pretty easy for somebody to set up a site pretty quickly that uh, looks relatively polished. The problem is that historically Wix has not been known as being great for SEO. Uh, some of you might remember a couple of years ago Wix sponsored a, uh, they created this contest called the SEO Hero Contest. And they said, Uh, Whoever can make a page to rank number one for, or the rank the best for SEO hero, uh, we're going to pay you $50,000. And so there were a lot of entries and there was so much chaos and turmoil over this because people were negative SEOing everybody else's sites. uh, And then Wix was saying, oh, well, we can't let this site win because they've obviously been link building, but it was a competitor that was link building. Um, And the funny thing was that Wix uh, built their own site to rank for SEO Hero and uh, on a Wix platform, and it didn't actually rank anywhere at all. So that was a long explanation, but what Martin pointed out is that Wix on their blog is not using Wix, but is using WordPress. Uh, that's kind of crazy to me, and I, it wouldn't surprise me if that changes now that there's some publicity. Uh, I am not a fan of Wix. But that said, there is an article in the recommended reading section of our newsletter where somebody talked about actually um, how Wix has changed and maybe they are better for SEO now. Um, And this person actually saw improvements to their rankings after uh, switching to Wix. So who knows? I, um, I mean, if you're thinking of starting a new site, I would not recommend going to Wix, but I thought it was kind of humorous that uh, Wix is using WordPress. So go figure. Um, let's see some local SEO. Uh, those of you who use Moz local, it looks like Moz is no longer taking, uh, they're no longer working with factual, which is a citation provider. Um, and so Greg Gifford had asked Moz local whether they had stopped working with factual and, uh, there was no reply, but somebody did say that, uh, factual actually greatly increased their prices. And so it looks like maybe that's not a part of Moz local anymore. Um, so you may want to look into uh, into that. It's hard to say, you know, how important all of these citations are. I think we're going to have some information in the next newsletter about a study that Bright Local did 
uh, where they ask different practitioners, how important do you think citations are now? Um, so I'll hopefully come back to that next week. Um, I thought this was interesting and then it turned out to be nothing, so I won't talk about it for a long time, but uh, somebody asked John Mueller about, they had information in their knowledge panel that seemed inaccurate. Um, knowledge panel, again, is the on the right-hand side of search results. If somebody's looking for your brand, you'll often see this big box that has information about your company. And John had said that... Um, uh, you could, he said, if you have Search Console, you can hit the feedback button and leave feedback. And I was like, oh, does this mean you can do this? You can leave feedback in Search Console saying like, hey, I'm not ranking well or I need help with my site. Um, and I was surprised at that. But it turns out that I think John was misspoken. Uh, there actually is a feedback button at the bottom of your knowledge graph or your knowledge panel. So if you see something in there, I know we had one, uh, somebody who asked us a question where the image that was in the knowledge graph was like a competitor's image. Um, and so we had all of our staff hit the feedback button and request a change and Google changed it. So that is good to know there. Um, there's a new version of the Google My Business API. We don't use this, although in the future we hopefully will. And uh, uh, there's, uh, yeah, so if you're using that, you might want to look into that information. Um, and I think that that's all we have. There is a ton of recommended reading in the newsletter this week. And so my team and I have worked to summarize uh, all of the posts for, you know, those who are paid readers. Uh, and I would really encourage you to, uh, to, to look at the recommended reading because there's been some really good stuff written on SEO um, in the search community this week. Uh, I have a lot of really great events coming up, so um, if you are going to any conferences in the near future, then I'd love to connect and say hi. Uh, my next one, um, I'm going to be traveling to England, which I haven't been there in a long, long time. Uh, I'll be starting off at the Optimize event in Cambridge. That's a free event, and I do believe that there are a few tickets still available, so um, let me know if you're looking for uh, a ticket for that. Uh, and then I'm super excited to be on the Brighton SEO stage uh, September 28th. I'm going to be talking about the Quality Raiders Guidelines, which is one of my favorite topics to talk about now. I mentioned that I'll be at PubCon Vegas and also at the Digital Dealer Conference, which is at the same time as PubCon Vegas uh, in Vegas. So... Um, hopefully I get to see you at one of these conferences. Uh, so that is all we've got for now. We'll see if we've got more algorithm updates to report on next week. And um, with that, I'm going to sign off and wish you the best of luck with your rankings this week. Mm -hmm.